The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and T. Stop what you're doing right now and start making your waiver claims. It's going to be a busy, busy night. There are a lot of players to pick up if you're playing a lot of leagues. You know, budget some time. Welcome to the show here. On Tuesday, we're talking waiver wire. Whether you're picking up a running, any position. It's just loaded this week, except there are some injury concerns. We don't know who's going to be available. We'll help you sort it all out. I'm Adam Azer. Welcome to Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Who are our top priorities this week, fellas? There's two running backs that I keep going back and forth on, and it's Jonathan Williams and Bo Scarborough. And I think Williams is better in week 12. But once Marlon Mack comes back, whenever that is, I'd, he'll be useless for fantasy. Bo Scarborough's got a chance to be the main back in Detroit. I've got Williams ahead of him right now. Yeah, I've gone back and forth as well. Uh, for me, it's Scarborough for two reasons. One, he's got a better matchup this week against Washington. Two, Jordan Wilkins could play. And so if Wilkins plays, then it's a mess for Jonathan Williams, for Jordan Wilkins. Naheem Hines, and then you factor in that Marlon Mack could come back. But yeah, it's 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 tough. We had a a, a fun debate on uh, on uh, on HQ on Monday about who should be the better of the two, and I think we'll probably have the same conversation here. It's it's it could be a situation where you pick up Scarborough and it's a Lions running back and you get screwed. Right. It could be a situation where you pick up Williams and and again it's it's Jordan Wilkins coming back and he's the lead guy for for the Colts. You could pick up Wilkins and maybe you made the right choice. It's uh it's a weird week because there's not. Um, a slam dunk really at any position, for me at least, outside of quarterback, if you could find Baker Mayfield. Right, that's a good point. Because like Nelson Aguilar could have a big week. He's had nine or more targets in all three games that Alshon Jeffrey either hasn't played or got hurt really early, as was the case in week two. But what if Alshon Jeffrey plays? Then you're not going to want anything to do with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Baker Mayfield, not only great matchup this week, but three of his next four are really good. We'll take a look at some of those top matchups. DSTs, if you were going for a DST, maybe you're set everywhere. Uh, by the way, also like another factor here, we got some firepower on bye. We got the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Cardinals on a bye this week, our last bye week. But if you uh, if you wanted a DST on When waivers, you say fire, firepower, do you mean dumpster fire for Phillip Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Phillip Rivers, you know. Uh, it's time It's time to go. I, yeah. No, I don't, I don't. Look, there have been, I went and I looked at his game log. And there have been stretches in his recent past, including like an entire year, I think 2016 or maybe 17, where he just wasn't very good. And then he comes back. He's like, hey, I'm not done yet. They changed offensive coordinators, what, three weeks ago? I Is his, is his offense coordinator underthrowing passes and overthrowing receivers? It's true. He's playing really horribly true. right now, but he has fooled us. But He has fooled us before. I mean, look, he, he's, you know, I, I, I think he's, he's one of the more fun guys to debate if he's a Hall of Famer or not, I think he is. And he's had a fantastic career. It's unfortunate he's had a lot of bad luck. Uh, if you watch the game, you saw the the graphic that they show. He's third in terms of wins for quarterbacks that have not won a championship behind Dan Marino and, and Fran Tarkenton. But 
when they hit a wall, quarterbacks, they hit a wall. And and he just does not look good anymore. Yeah. And, you know, for a, a franchise that's making a move into a new stadium, you know, and you can talk about their fan base all you want to. I think it's just time to turn the page and, and, and move on. He's a free agent also, you know, to, to move on from from Rivers just because it it just appears as if he can't get the job done anymore. I hope you're right, Adam. But, it would be nice if they stick with him if he comes back and plays well. But I just I just can't see it. You think he hit the wall in like week 10? That's what I'm going. You know, if it started in week one, it'd be one thing. It's so recent. You know, he was having a perfectly fine season, and then he has been terrible. I mean, the this, Raiders this game feels, was awful. This it's game not, is awful. I, I know, but... Yeah. It's not as bad as the stretch where Peyton Manning got benched. I know they eventually won the Super Bowl, but, you know, that yeah. that stretch of games where he just looked awful, like, that's what it's starting to feel like at Rivers. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll be a little more optimistic, but we'll talk about that game later. I hope obviously, you're right. I really do. from a fantasy right. standpoint, going into a bye, I mean, there's no reason to keep him on your fantasy roster, but... Um, you know, I, I just you look at the last look at the last four games of of I think last year or maybe two years ago. I tweeted it last night. Terrible, like a seventy five passer rating. He had more interceptions than touchdowns, and then he was just fine for the first you know half of this season. Okay, anyway, Jonathan Williams, Bo Scarborough, uh, Baker Mayfield's huge. DST was the question uh, <laughs> before we got into the. I mean, there was so there was so much Philip Rivers talk. How could you not be talking about Philip Rivers if you're a football fan right now? But what are the DSTs we're looking at this week? I th- I think you got to look at the Lions because they're going up against Washington and and this Redskins offense that just doesn't look good at all. And uh, I feel like that that should be the top target. You could probably make a case for the Raiders again against the Jets. It's going to be a harder matchup for them. And then Cleveland also, you have to consider them. I don't like that they don't have Miles Garrett and uh, uh, Joby against the Dolphins, but it's still the Dolphins. Yeah, I like the Falcons' defense a lot. They've been playing fantastic the last they two. Have. They have. And really then you have. get Jameis and the turnovers that are always on the table with him, plus he's hobbled. So I think the Falcons' defense, uh, if if what's I, – I don't, I don't get it because it's just the, the, the coaching change and the play calling change. Um, it's not the coaching change, but the play calling change. No, they did uh, change. They shuffled their coaching staff around. Well, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But I, I mean, think you know, they. I, I think when you hear coaching change, too, when when but, you hear coaching change, people think something yeah, got fired. Right. But you know, exactly. uh, just Dan Quinn letting go of the play calling duties. I don't know why it took this long. They look like a completely different team, and it's Jameis. So that's why you look at the Falcons. <laughs> See, do, don't the Falcons? Doesn't the Falcons defense give you faith for Philip Rivers? Things can turn around. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, all right. So Jonathan Williams, Bo Scarborough, Baker Mayfield. Uh, is there a top top tight end priority this week? Well, I think the top receiver. I know you mentioned Aguilar. It should be James Washington. Oh you yeah. Know, you know there there was a there was a nice rapport developing between Rudolph and Washington. They played together in college. Um, you know you threw out the Browns game because that was just a disaster. But they're playing the Bengals this week, and if Juju's in a knee brace and coming off a concussion, Deontay Johnson's still in the concussion protocol. Um, he's going to get a, all the targets he can handle, and so. Against Cincinnati, that's something worth buying into. So uh, he's my favorite receiver to add. And the tight ends, I mean, you know, Jacob Hollister is probably the best to look at. Um, But Ryan Griffin's coming off a strong game. Um, Noah Fant, the targets have been up. Heath's been talking about that for the last few weeks. And then same thing, Vance McDonald. You you get a scenario of uh, a lot of targets that he should be able to get. Will he be successful with them? That's the question. Did you go back and forth between Griffin and Hollister? No. You're you're all in on Hollister. Yeah, I think Hollister's and he's got the better quarterback, and I think you buy into that. But it it wouldn't be surprising if Griffin's better. Okay, so Griffin Hollister, and, and then 
for the Steelers, you mentioned James Washington. Their backfield's really interesting. Do you think Connor, first of all, does Connor have a chance to play this week? Doesn't it doesn't like sound it. like it. He seemed pessimistic on a radio show last night. All right, so then you've got Jalen Samuels, Trey Edmonds, and maybe Benny Snell factoring in here against a great matchup against the Bengals. And, you know, maybe Samuels, I think he's 79 percent. Oh, maybe he's your top priority if he's available. Would he be? Would Jalen yeah, he Samuels would be, be? He would be at the running back position without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, over Jonathan Williams and Bo Scarborough. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I don't know if I'm there. All right. Yeah, because we don't know exactly how they divvy up the carries. But, you know, Mason Rudolph's going to throw to Jalen Samuels like 13 times. Uh, a co- I mean, that, that happened a few weeks ago. A couple things to promote here. We got our Apple Podcast mailbag uh, tomorrow and Saturday, so feel free to please leave a nice comment. I've been reading some of them, and uh, we appreciate it. Very nice stuff. Thank you very much. And we'll get to not all of those questions, but uh, a good portion of them. Uh, Facebook giveaway this week. If you want to join our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. So really, it's just a good community of people who love fantasy football, so get on there. Uh, toughest start, sit decision this week. Send in some of your toughest start, sit decisions. We will have uh, a Facebook contest a Facebook giveaway of a free Fantasy Football Today t-shirt that you can get. And please, if you haven't watched the video, youtube.com slash Today. Watch the Sunday night show and Dave doing karate two minutes and 50 seconds into the video. It's wonderful. Well, what are we doing about Fab this week, guys? Like, lay it out for me. How much are we spending on on whom? I I would say don't go crazy again, but, you know, you're at the point in the season where if you got to get a win, you got to get a win. So, you know, take that into account. But um, I would say it's probably about 15 to 20 percent on Scarborough and Williams. Um, You know, the nice thing about Williams is since the Colts play on Thursday, we got an idea of what is the practice status is for Jordan Wilkins, that he did not participate if they would have practiced. That's what they listed him as. Mm -hmm. So if he does practice on Tuesday, then you definitely go Scarborough. If Wilkins does not practice on Tuesday, then it's a little bit more of a, okay, who do I like better? Who do I think is going to play better? Again, I would still lean towards Scarborough. Um, He had more carries than any other Lions running back since week four. So in this mess that they've had, and that's including Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson had 26 carries in week four. Since then, no other running back has had more than 13. They gave him 14 carries. So um, I still would probably lean toward him because I do think the matchup's a little bit better against Washington, and I think Driscoll's actually played well. So even if it's Williams this week, Hines will still take on a role, and then next week you have the scenario of either A, Wilkins coming back, because I don't think it's going to be that much longer for him, and then Marlon Mack. So I think it's probably 15% if you're trying to be conservative with both sure. those guys. So I just want to bring this up with Scarborough. I don't really believe it. I just want to bring it up. Do you think that he got all that work because he was facing the Cowboys, the team that cut him? No, I think he got that work because the Lions have been desperate to find somebody who can run the ball effectively, and he got the job done. Uh, and he passes the eyeball test. If you go back and you watch him play, he's he's a solid one-cut runner who um, really tends he, – he's not a great running back. Let's just leave that right off the top. He doesn't have great acceleration. Uh, for a guy of his size, I feel like he uh, should be like plowing through tackles a little bit better than he does. But he's the best that they have. And as long as that offensive line can block for him, and as long as he's the one working at the goal line, it's a Lions offense that can move the football even without Matthew Stafford. I think Driscoll's proven that now for two straight games. I think it, I think he's the answer if you need a running back rest of season over Jonathan Williams. Okay, so... 
if you don't want to spend fab on players for this week, if you don't care about week 12 that much, you know you're going to make the playoffs and you're looking forward, let's take a look at some players who have good matchups, not just in week 12, but but moving on. And Sam Darnold, his next three games look great. Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami. You're probably not going to use him in weeks 15 and 16, but if you need to get there, uh, Sam Darnold can help you out for three more weeks, perhaps. Baker Mayfield, he does have Pittsburgh next week. He just did 20, 25 fantasy points against Pittsburgh, but it's a bad matchup. But it's Miami, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati, then Arizona. It's three of his next four games for Baker Mayfield are really good. And he's been pretty good against tough matchups. He's All right, his last three games have been against teams that are top five against quarterbacks. And he's had 18, 21, and 25 fantasy points in six point for passing touchdown leagues. Respectable performances. So pretty soon he's going to be facing, you know, some of the worst teams against quarterbacks. So that's Mayfield. If you see Devontae Parker on your waiver wire, he's 80% owned. In the fantasy playoffs, he well, has... There, there's, there's a couple other quarterbacks, though, before you go there. Uh, Foles is scheduled. Yeah. He gets after the Titans, mm-hmm. and they've actually been a little bit leaky against quarterbacks. He gets Tampa Bay, the Chargers, for what that's worth, then Oakland and Atlanta. We'll see if Oakland and Atlanta, they've played better the last two weeks, but will he uh, will he have the chance there? And then Tannehill, you know, you talk about uh, favorable schedules. After the Colts, he gets Oakland and Houston. I'm sorry, after uh, the Jaguars, he gets the Colts, Oakland and Houston, and the Raiders and the Texans could be favorable matchups too. And Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. uh, Daniel Jones is a good skill. Well, we said quarterbacks. (laughs) What do you mean? He's, he's, you know, still a work in progress. Oh, he's Chiefs, Bengals, and uh, no. You can wait a week on Jones if, if he's still on your waiver. No, wire. it's uh, Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins in the playoffs for Daniel Jones. Uh, Devontae Parker's got great playoff matchups. Dallas Goddard, who also could be good this week if Alshon Jeffrey's out. He got six targets against New England. He caught a touchdown. He's been pretty good for about five straight weeks, basically. Um, at least usable. And Seattle's not great against tight ends. Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys. These are good matchups for Dallas Goddard going forward. I don't know if you care. It doesn't seem like you do based on your priority. But Jacob Hollister actually has terrible matchups. Um, Philadelphia, ninth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Minnesota, eighth. Rams, 11th. Panthers, sixth. And then the Cardinals in week 16. That's good. But, you know, it's so hard with tight ends. One performance against tight ends could really change a team's ranking against the position. So one really good or bad. Uh, so I don't know. But Jacob Hollister on paper has bad matchups. Well, the the part of the reason why I have Hollister first is we are expecting Tyler Lockett to be fine. If Tyler Lockett is not there, he could be fantastic. Because yeah. just the boost in terms. But we are expecting so, him. So, so are, but... We, like, don't you right. have to kind we of approach are, but, it like Tyler, Tyler Lockett's going to play? And what does that yeah, mean Yeah, no, but, but but... But I, I mean, he's he's been good with Tyler Lockett. He was good with DK Metcalf. He was good even with Josh Gordon in their last game. So, I I think it's an offense that wants to feature that position somewhat prominently. You know, from Will Disley to Hollister. You know, they've sort of bridged that gap, and Hollister has picked up the mantle the last three weeks. Uh, you can make a strong case for Ryan Griffin being the top ten, and I have no problem with that. I mean, he's been very good without Chris Herndon on the field three of the last four games. He's he's been fantastic. It should have been four of the last five. So. I, I I would not be surprised if somebody picks up Griffin over Hollister. I just think Hollister is in a better spot because quarterback's better. I'm going to say Griffin's in a slightly better spot because I think he's just a little bit more involved in the offense than than Hollister's. And Hollister's been involved a ton, but the game against Tampa Bay, it felt like they were scheming him up in that one because it's the Bucks and that defense is so bad. And then against San Francisco, he was more of just like a short area guy for Russell Wilson. And that's not a bad thing because what does Russell Wilson 
do better than any other quarterback in this league. It's improvised when a play breaks down and you want to have a, a pass catcher available like that. Hollister does move pretty well, but I like the results that I've seen for Griffin. They're both top 10 tight ends for me this week. I have Griffin ranked just a little bit higher against Oakland. And I think he's got a really good shot to just keep this momentum going as a, as a more integral part of this Jets offense. Okay. Well, we've pretty much given you the top priorities, but of course we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper. There are a lot of names that we have not mentioned yet that need to be mentioned. Um, you know, and, and, and guys that are owned in a lot of leagues that might be available like uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, Jamison Crowder is about 80% owned, so plenty of players to talk about here. First, we have to talk about SeatGeek, though. You know, SeatGeek, in an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. All right, a lot of ticketing apps, they don't care about the customer experience, but SeatGeek does. They have built the fastest way to find tickets. You can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. And I use SeatGeek, and you know I use SeatGeek. In fact, I got a notification in uh, the grocery store this weekend saying, hey, do you still want those Jets Redskins tickets? Because you remember I was looking up the prices. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no thank you, SeatGeek, but uh, I do appreciate it as I was searching for that game. And we found great seats. You know, we found great seats with great prices and SeatGeek makes it so easy to see the great values. These big green dots tell you these are the tickets to buy. In fact, Dave, our hoops team, Miami Hurricanes, are coming up to Brooklyn in a couple weeks. Already been looking for tickets on SeatGeek. Going to make that purchase uh, pretty soon. Plenty of good seats available for that one, by the way. So anyway, SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, rates them on a scale of 1 to 10. Every purchase is guaranteed, and you can save 10 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT. Again, 10 bucks promo code's FFT. So download that SeatGeek app, search for your event, and type in the code FFT and get $10 off your first purchase. Okay, let's waiver wire here. First of all, the injuries that we need to know about. I hope you heard the, uh, the the chat with Dr. Chow yesterday. He pointed out to Sean Watson, looks like he has a mild high ankle sprain, and he should be fine. But you know, Dr. Chow was worried about uh, was worried about Patrick Mahomes' ankle all the way back in Week One, and he had every reason to worry. We were downplaying it, and it, it made a difference. So, he, so Watson's got an ankle, not going to miss the game, but something to know. Stafford could be out a while. Mitchell Trubisky hurt his ribs. And Dr. Chow thinks, you know, he does have an injury. It's not that they're lying, but he could play through it if they want him to play through it. And he's got the Giants. I mean, could you be looking at Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel against the Giants? Trubisky, 24 or five, 24 or 25 fantasy points in like three of his last six games and horrible in the other three. <laughs> no. Are you really asking that question? Yes. I mean, the Giants make everyone look good. We were. He yeah, might not even be their quarterback. Yeah, okay, just, that's what I said. Uh, or Chase Daniel. Yeah. Uh, no. All right. No, no. They're just better options. I think available to you. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, if you're stuck clearly, you know, like you can, you can probably make a strong debate of the bears quarterback versus Dwayne Haskins. Cause you know, at least Haskins got you 20 fantasy points Yeah. Um, coming off of their bye week And he's got a good matchup against Detroit. Their defense has been awful. So, you know, two struggling quarterback scenarios in good matchup situations, but you know, I, I think you just hopefully have the opportunity to pick up some of these other guys that we're talking about. Did you guys see the video of Dwayne Haskins talking to his offensive line? Yes, it was no. sad. It was very sad. He was like, what can I do to help you? And they're just sitting there. The, it seems like to not. You know, you never know what the real situation is. Did they say they retire? Barely paid attention to him, it seemed. They did not. I, they may have. Didn't seem like they said anything. Uh, Jameis Winston hurt his ankle. He should be fine. 
And uh, let's go to the running back news. Marlon Mack had the hand surgery, but it doesn't mean he'll be out long. James Conner, not likely to play. And it's going to be Jalen Samuels, maybe Benny Snell if he plays, Trey Edmonds. Edmonds and Snell, widely available. Uh, Damian Williams left with injured ribs, and LaShawn McCoy was evaluated for a concussion. They have a bye. Damian Williams, are you going to be looking to pick him up, or you know, are we thinking Daryl Williams? Yeah, sorry, Daryl. Yeah. If you have an open roster spot and you can't get somebody um, of the Colts guys, because again, I don't just think it's Jonathan Williams, but if you can't get one of the Colts guys or or Bo Scarborough, uh, I have him third on the list. You know, I just think you know you're, you're looking at any opportunity for him to be the long term answer there, if the rib injury lingers and you know McCoy, they don't want to trust him fully. It's not a bad player to speculate on. Yeah, but they they gave McCoy a lot of work once Damian went down. On they Monday. gave Daryl a lot of work too. They did, and it's going to be a split backfield between the two of them. I think the best way to handle Williams is if he's still there after the waivers run on Wednesday morning, then you pick him up. I, I wouldn't make him a priority. He has uh, only three games, Daryl Williams, Darryl Williams, with more than four touches, and he has 100 yards or a touchdown in all three of them. So he's been productive, but we know the deal there. Uh, it'd be one thing if they didn't have a bye. Then we'd be more excited about him. Right. But they have a bye. Uh, do you expect Devontae Freeman against Tampa Bay? They're more optimistic about it than I was expecting, but uh, we'll find out. They said he has a chance to practice on Thursday. Same with Hooper, right? Did, with, is Austin yeah, Hooper? that was very surprising. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we don't expect you know what it is. They're like, they're like, what, what, we're, we're winning. winning. Yeah, right. Well, let's make a I'll, run. I'll <laughs> uh, do you expect Jordan Howard against Seattle? Not as of now. Okay, Brandon Cooks is expected to return this week, so that's cool. Tyreek Hill hurt his hamstring. We saw that, and McCall Hardman and Demarcus Robinson were solid with uh, Tyreek Hill out. So again, if they didn't have a bye, it'd be one thing, but hopefully he can get back. T.Y. Hilton has a chance to play this week, Thursday against Houston. Will Fuller's going to be a game-time decision in that game. Juju's got the knee and the concussion. Deontay Johnson, concussion. Sterling Shepard practiced, but he's not out of the concussion protocol yet. If you see Shepard available and you see James Washington available, where are you going? Washington. Washington. It's a very nice place to go. Amari Cooper is still dealing with a knee injury. He's playing through it, but still dealing with a knee injury. And you saw that. Uh, you saw that in the game against Detroit. Is there any chance you're going to be sitting Amari Cooper in his next two matchups against the Patriots and the Bills? No. He's the lowest I've had him uh, maybe all season. Which is where? Outside top 15. Still top 20. Tyler Boyd wants the ball. Squeaky wheel. <laughs> Pittsburgh coming up. Heath, Heath had a, uh, an interesting theory, which I thought was, was fun, um, that the Bengals look at the Steelers and down all these guys on offense, down Pouncey because of suspension. Do they make a plea to Zach Taylor to play Andy Dalton to get a win? Just to get They've a win. already said Finley's going to Oh, I, I, I get it from yeah. the, the, the team's perspective because you want to see if Finley can get a win. You know, so can he manage through a, uh, a game where they have a chance to actually be competitive and, and, and play well? Uh, but, you know, like Heath's point was, do, do the veteran guys go and just say, stop, <laughs> just, just play Andy Dalton one more time? Well, on that note, are we going to get A.J. Green this week? I'd be shocked. Why would this week be different than any other week? Tyler Lockett this week? Yes, we expect him. How about Emmanuel Sanders? Mm-hmm. He's not on the injury report, so that's interesting. Uh, but at this point, you got to be a little bit concerned. Mohamed Sanu and Philip Dorsett? Dorsett, Sanu, no. Sanu, yes. Sanu, yes. Uh, Alshon? Not, not as a no. And it doesn't look good. Okay. Corey Davis? 
Uh, I couldn't find it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Evan Don't Ingram know out. It, did not it, practice. Let's put it this way. If he doesn't practice on Wednesday after being on a bye last week, it's probably not a good sign. Evan Ingram did not practice. David Ajoku could be back this week against the Dolphins. That's interesting. And Delaney mm-hmm. Walker may be back this week as well. Um, all right. Let's, uh, so let's get a little bit more into the waiver wire. You know, usually we call an audible. Usually we do like, you know, three priorities now, and then we get into it a little bit later. Let's just get into it. And then we'll talk about the uh, the Rams-Bears and the Chiefs-Chargers. Eh, let's knock those games out real quick. Ready? Here we go. Rams-Bears. <laughs> How many audibles are we calling? Yeah, this is my second one. Rams-Bears. Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> we talked a lot about the Rams offense on yesterday's show, if you missed that. Uh, weird. Just a weird game. A lot of runs and um, no Woods, no Cooks. So, any major takeaways from uh, from the? Let's start with the Bears. Tariq Cohen starting to get more and more snaps, and he actually played more snaps than David Montgomery yesterday. Dave, what's he your read? Good. What's your mm-hmm. read on uh, Tariq Cohen versus Montgomery? I think Cohen's starting to close in on him as a in a fifty fifty type of situation, and he should. He's got way more juice. He's a good pass catcher. He can take pressure off the quarterback with little short passes. They should have been having Cohen this involved all along. 14 touches easily should have been having that much work all along. But the coaching staff got enamored with Montgomery. They loved his 3.2 yards per carry or whatever he was giving them. And they kind of ignored Cohen. And it's it's cost them in a couple of games. They got to keep Cohen on the field. He's a threat to defenses. And he's a good PPR running back. I've got him as a top 24 running back this week in PPR. Cool. Do we still have faith in David Montgomery and Allen Robinson? Robinson, yes. Um, Montgomery, eh. Montgomery has a chance to be good this week if his ankle is okay. I mean, if you say he's going to get 14, 18 touches, you know, uh, you know, the game 14 carries with the ankle injury which was a little surprising. I thought they should have just sat him. I mean, you know, clearly he wasn't going to be 100%. All you're going to do is get him hurt worse, you know, if if something went wrong. Um, he, he wasn't going to be effective, and you saw that. So I think it's just another Matt Nagy mistake, and he's made a bunch of them. Um, but I think if Montgomery plays this week, he's he's in that number two running back conversation just because the Giants' run defense has been bad. What about Allen another Robinson? Res- Robinson, I think, bounces back. Yeah. You know, it's it's... No matter who the quarterback is, at this point, you'd rather see Chase Daniel. And Taylor Gabriel's given you at least nine PPR points, four straight games. They've started to get him a little bit more involved yep. in the offense. And it makes sense. Again, another guy that's got speed and can threaten defenses. Why not use him? And it's a good matchup against the Giants. That's I, I think Gabriel's injury kind of has been a little bit of a problem for this team because the best game that Trubisky played was against Washington when he had the three touchdowns. Gabriel did. Yep. And then he got hurt. He had a concussion in that game. He has he didn't play for that stretch of games until we've seen him the last month or yeah, so. Yeah, came back week seven, something <laughs> it like that. Hasn't really then, helped them that much. Let's be well, I well, I think I think, you know, that's you know, Trubisky started to the hope would have been that he started to play well at that point. Or at least, you know, a semblance of an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he's not very good. And uh Allen Robinson got a lot of Jalen Ramsey in this game. And in terms of the snap counts between the running backs, you know, Cohen uh had see 45 to Montgomery's 35, but maybe that was injury-related. Over to the Rams. What the hell? I don't even know what to say yeah. about the Rams. I mean, I said a lot yesterday about the Rams, but uh, I guess Cooper Cup. Do you still feel like he's a must-start guy? 
He's a number two receiver. He's just inside my top twenty-four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It and look, it's a it's probably a different feeling. It, it may not be the same, but if the ball crosses the goal line, you know you feel a lot better about him. But his last month has been bad. Um, the offensive line, they did a great job run blocking against a team that has struggled against the run. And now they have to play just a terrible, terrible matchup. The Ravens defense has been fantastic. Yep. So it, it's hard to say any of the Rams guys feel good. You know, you you probably buy back into Gurley a little bit because of the position that he plays. Um, they made note of it on the broadcast. I think that Gerald Everett, you know, playing through this injury and did not look the same. Um, yeah. So you think he you know, can we but, drop him, Gerald Everett, for a streamer? I str- I struggled with suggesting that, but I think he's in that conversation. You know, if if you need to make a move at the tight end position, you'd rather have Hollister or Griffin for yep. sure. Yeah. So um, he, he's you know, I should probably adjust the column and put him in the drop list. But yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, it, it was good to see McVay adjust. You know, they changed their run blocking and, and how they operated in that game. And it was successful until the Bears sort of figured it out a little bit. Um, but if you say Gurley's getting 20 plus touches, you're going to start him, even though they're playing Baltimore. Is this the time of year where they ramp him up? We talked about this during the preseason that maybe they yeah. just lighten the load until they make their playoff push and then they just they just let Gurley go. Maybe this is the beginning of that. The one thing that I think you just keep an eye on, Heath brought this up yesterday, is every time they've given him a bigger workload, the following week hasn't exactly been great. So the one example you can look at is is week seven against Atlanta. He had nineteen touches, eighteen carries. They came back the following week against Cincinnati. He had ten carries for forty four yards. And that was, you know, the game in London mm-hmm. heading into their bye week. So, you know, is he going to be able to rebound physically if the knee is still, you know, a concern? So, but I, but I, I can't see people benching him no. unless you just have a loaded roster. It's just a matter of, you know, how much, how successful will he be? All right. Next game, Kansas City 24 and the Chargers 17. It came right down to the wire. So, these teams are going to their bye. Do you have concerns about the Chiefs' offense just in general, guys? I mean, look, they lost their lead running back and their lead receiver yeah. You know, in, in the game. Obviously, Tyreek Hill early in the game. So it's not, I think, a fair comparison of what this Chiefs' offense is. But the offensive line has clearly been battling through some injuries. You had Mahomes. He looked great against Tennessee. He looked you know, mediocre in this game. I, the field conditions, the altitude, you, know, you factor all those things in. Um, I like that he was running. You know, I think that shows you that he feels comfortable with his knee, that he can move the way he did. But take Tyree Kill away, and Sammy Watkins has been an absolute disaster. Um, you, you mentioned Adam. The young guys stepped up uh, at times when Tyree Kill was out earlier this season, but they're still young and inconsistent with Robinson and Hardman. So, I, I mean, it's not like you're getting away from Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Those are the three main components. And then if Damian Williams is, is fine coming off their bye week, he should still be their lead running back. But it probably will be a committee at that point. Do you drop Sammy Watkins and Mike Williams in their bye week? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even with the prospect of perhaps Tyreek Hill being out, you know, like Sammy Watkins, it's, it is pathetic. I he had one good game. He was amazing in week one. He hasn't been good since. But and even if he comes back in week 13 and plays well against Oakland, it's at New England and then Denver at home. And then at Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So that schedule is going to get a little hairy for Kansas City here. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's get back to the waiver wire now and let's go through it. Here we go. Quarterbacks. And uh, we'll talk about players to drop in this list as well. So quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's number one, Jamie? Yeah. 
Great talk, call. Talk about that. He's 62% owned. Do you think he's going to be mean, good or like, do you think he could be league winning great? I think league winning great. I mean, you know, you've seen the last two weeks. I know you referenced the last three games, but the last two weeks against Buffalo and Pittsburgh, two of the toughest matchups that we've seen all season long. He's got at least 21 fantasy points in those two games. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, they just made Josh Allen look like a Hall of Famer. And so uh, now that tank for Tua is in the tank, you know, I, I wonder where their mindset is at across the board. Um, I'm joking. Obviously, they clearly still want to lose, but um, their their secondary is not good. Their pass rush isn't good. You know, Baker's going to, you know, I, I think the, the targets that he's giving his two receivers, those guys will be successful. So with the matchups that he has ahead and, and the way that he's performed of late, it just seems as if they've turned the corner. And and I'm I'm hopeful for Baker being a, you know, we have him, Sportsline has him four, consensus we have him 11. Uh, I think he's got top 10 upside this week. Um, he's just outside my top five. So I think Baker's got a chance for a big, big week against Miami. I agree. And I think the fact that the Dolphins just can't put pressure on the quarterback is going to work in his favor. He's been making better throws the last couple of weeks. The running backs have been helping him out, especially Kareem Hunt. You look at what he's been doing in the passing game. Yeah, he's 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 really helped Baker. He's helped push the numbers up a little bit. I think a floor of 250 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers is there for Mayfield. Don't think it's going to be a game where they just run like crazy either. Because the Dolphins' run defense, I think they showed something last week against Buffalo better running backs this week, but Mayfield should be able to come through. Yeah, I don't know if they saw anything against Buffalo. Uh, they allowed five yards per carry and 75 yards a single tear. He just didn't score. So, And Josh Allen ran. Yeah, he he led most of those yards on, like, what, two carries? Singletary did? Yeah, their run defense isn't good. Uh, okay, so would you rather have Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield rest of season? So I'm taking Mayfield just to use him now. And if I want to double back for Jameis later, I'm going to try and do it. There are so many quarterbacks, and we've already kind of touched on it, that have good schedules moving forward that streaming isn't a bad way to go. Yeah, that's true. If you're not comfortable with the quarterback that you have, Jameis you definitely can't feel comfortable with at this point. Phillip Rivers is another one. You let them go. You go start streaming. You'll be okay. All righty. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has Houston this week. How much do you like Jacoby Brissett? He's 71% owned. Would he be behind Baker Mayfield? And then is he just a start in general? He's behind Mayfield. He is a starter this week. I mean, remember against the Texans, he lit them up for 35 fantasy points. So um, with the running game being suspect, the key I think will be, is, and there's a shot according to reports, if T.Y. Hilton plays. If T.Y. Hilton's out there, then it's easy to buy back into yeah. Brissett. If T.Y. Hilton's out, then it's a little bit more of a question mark. So just take that into account. Um, but the Texans' defense is bad, you know, yeah. and, and and I think that he would have the chance to to be successful. I've got him ahead of Brady, ahead of Josh Allen. Great streaming option if he's somehow out there. He's, yeah, he's definitely a candidate, and that's without Ty. Their secondary got pretty beat up in that in the last game too on Sunday. So uh, quick Baltimore. Yep. Quick word, real quick uh, here from Zip Recruiter. Okay, hiring can be a slow process, and Kathy Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan, for example, he posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply, and he also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. 
With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. All right, this will work for anyone out there who owns a business or is looking to make a hire. Try it for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Other quarterbacks you can go to this week. We've got Nick Foles at Tennessee, and they have been kind of eh against quarterbacks lately. Jeff Driscoll, 31 fantasy points against Dallas. He scored 17 fantasy points at Chicago two weeks ago. But the Redskins, uh, to be quite honest— I have 18 against Chicago. Okay. To be quite honest, they haven't been great. They haven't been a great matchup lately because teams haven't thrown that much on them. But if you throw well, on lately, them, lately would be a different conversation. Well, okay, yeah. Darnold was great. Darnold mm-hmm. was great. Before that, you know, only two quarterbacks have scored more than eleven points in their last five games against the Redskins. But uh, they're not good, <laughs> and Driscoll can run. And then you've got Darnold against Oakland, and Tannehill against Jacksonville. That's not a great matchup right now. Um, so how would you rank them? Foles, this is how Jamie has it right now in the column. Foles, Driscoll, Darnold, Tannehill. Dave, any thoughts on that? And Jamie, is that going to change? I, I agree with Foles at the top of that list. I'd go Darnold next. Uh, I just I like the way he's playing, and I don't think the Jets can run the ball very effectively over the course of four quarters. Uh, Tannehill's next, Driscoll's last. But I like Driscoll. I just I, I had a hard time with quarterbacks this week. I wanted to put 18 guys in my top 12. Couldn't do it. There are just so many good ones out there. I like Driscoll the best to start this week of that group. I like Foles the best long-term of that group, and he's not far behind Driscoll. I have him back-to-back in my rankings. The one thing about Darnold, and yes, he's played better, and... The run game has struggled. The Raiders' defense has played very well the last two games. And so I wonder if their pass rush is getting better, if they're going to make things a little bit difficult on Darnold. So I would not be shocked if Darnold had a disappointing game. Not that he's going to be, you know, 15 fantasy points, but I could see him maybe in that 18, 20 getting capped there. You know, I don't want to get enamored with 33 points against the Redskins because Washington is so bad. The Raiders are a playoff caliber team for reasons, not just because Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs are playing well. It's because their defense has really turned the corner of the last two games. Darnold was under some pretty consistent pressure from Washington, and he did good in that game. And I think with the Raiders traveling across the country, he's going to have a good opportunity to play okay in the face of their pass rush. I agree. He's not going to get you 33, but he can get you 23. Again, another quarterback, I've got him just like Brissett, like, would love to put him way up high in my rankings. There's just so many other quarterbacks I like better, but an excellent streaming option now and for the next few weeks. So Rivers is an easy guy to drop. Stafford at this point, I think you can drop him. Jared Goff yeah. is a is a drop candidate. He's 92% yep. owned. What if you have Jameis Winston? What if you have Tom Brady? What do you do this week? Do you try to roster two quarterbacks and sit those guys or what? I mean, if you need to win, yeah, you're dropping those guys. Mm-hmm. So... It's just the, the nature of where it is right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Jameis plays well, you know, in terms of fantasy production, because that's just the type of quarterback Jameis is. You know, yeah. it's he throws for three hundred yards the, every week. The so. Falcons uh defense has played fantastic the last two games, and it was, you know, against Drew Brees for one. That's clearly a, a strong performance. Kyle Allen, take that for what it's worth. So, you know, will they be in a 
comeback scenario where that's where Jameis does well. It would also not be surprised if his ankle's a problem and he has some turnovers again and Jameis gets benched. So right, just take that into account. Get our running back conversation started here. Uh, okay, so it starts with with the Colts situation and the Lions with Bo Scarborough, Jonathan Williams. We talked about that. Some guys, though, that might be available. Okay, they're owned in about 70% of leagues or more. Jalen Samuels, Royce Freeman, Duke Johnson, Darius Geis, and Tariq Cohen. Dave, you look at that list of five. Jalen Samuels, Royce Freeman, Duke Johnson, Darius Geis, and Tariq Cohen. And what do you think if you see any of these players on waivers? I'm thinking I want to try and add them. I like, I, we already talked about Cohen. I like him in PPR this week. I think Samuels carries some good value for this week against Cincinnati for obvious reasons. Uh, Geis, you mentioned. He had a nice catch and run for a touchdown. Maybe that leads to more opportunities since he's got still some uh, some youthful, fresh, explosive legs on him that hopefully stay healthy. Uh, give me the names one more time. Yeah. There was one that you mentioned. Well, guys, well, first of all, is facing a team that gives up the most receiving yards to running backs. That's the Lions. Yep. The Lions, their run defense then, has gotten But you got to hope that he gets that opportunity. Yes, and that That's Chris Thompson thing. doesn't play again. Uh, Jalen Samuels, Royce Freeman, Duke Johnson, Darius Geis, mm-hmm. and Tariq Cohen. Yeah, Freeman is interesting to me, too, because of the matchup against Buffalo. He's not getting a lot of work, though. I mean... Not as much as, as Lindsey, no, but I, I almost wonder if they go into that game trying to run the ball because the Bills, despite what we saw last week against the Dolphins, have had trouble with the run. So just generally speaking, how should I think about Bo Scarborough and Jonathan Williams this week? I think Scarborough's just in a better spot from the standpoint of he seems to be the lead rusher there. After the 14 carries, again, I'll just say the same stat. Since week four, it's the most carries that the Lions have given one guy. He's not going to work in the pass game. He had no catches, no targets. But the matchup against Washington is somewhat favorable. They've allowed a running back to score in four of their last five games. So I think if he's getting 14, 15 carries, it wouldn't be surprised if surprising if Detroit's playing with a lead here. And so maybe he's getting even more work closing out the game with Ty Johnson struggling, J.D. McKissick being a passing downs guy. Now for Williams and the Colts guys, this is just messy because if – Wilkins practices on Tuesday or they say on Wednesday he's fine. He said on Monday that he feels like he's ready to play. I'm sure he's looking at it as, okay, I got an opportunity to start. Now I'm going to come back out there. And that was the first game that he's missed in his career that it's probably going to be him if you're just looking at what their depth chart was before his ankle injury. So will it be Williams, who was great against the Jaguars after Matt got hurt over 100 yards, had the 31-yard catch? Or will it be the guy that they've trusted for the last two seasons? So you also have Naeem Hines who's going to work on passing downs. And the Texans matchup is not easy. I mean, no. last week against Baltimore, they got ran through. Uh, it was a big run by Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram had the two receiving touchdowns. That's the first touchdowns they've allowed to a running back since week six, and the first rushing touchdown they allowed to a running back since week four. Yeah. So, and, and that's including against the Colts with Marlon Mack going 18 for 44 against them. So it's just not an easy situation to say Jonathan Williams, okay, because he had 100 yards, steps in and is a good fantasy asset. I just don't know if that's something you want to hang your hat on. We got to take and a break I, real quick, Dave. Oh, we okay. got to take a break. Sure. I'm going to let you get the last word in here, though. If we, if it looks like Jordan Wilkins is going to play, you know, we get the practice report and he's in on Tuesday. Do, do you just say, I don't want any Colts running back and I'm just going to focus all my attention on Bo Scarborough or, or, you know, somewhere else? Uh, is that an, is an yeah. avoid situation? Yeah, I, I don't know if you'll prioritize Jonathan Williams at all. 
if that's the case. If well, you tell but, me Wilkins practices, I'm I'm picking up Wilkins second after Scarborough because I would think that he's going to be the second guy and totally Marlon fair. Mack may be out for the rest of the season. I don't think that's the case, but you never know how they'll respond to a broken hand and if they're just going to allow him to take his time to get healthy. So if you tell me Jordan Wilkins practices on Tuesday, he's the second guy for me. and that's Over Hines as well. Uh, I well, mean, PPR, you, you not know, PPR, obviously. You know what Hines is. You know, uh, Yeah, I mean, they're... The whole thing will be messy, but you know, if Jordan Wilkins is the starting running back for the Colts from week 12 through week 14 or week 15, I would hang my hat on that as the second guy to pick up. Okay. Well, unfortunately, a lot of good run defense is coming up for the Colts. Houston, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, For the Carolina. Lions, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Chicago, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Denver. Wow. Great stuff, guys. Okay. We'll take a quick break here. <laughs> we'll finish up on running backs, wide receivers, tight ends right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back, everybody. Adam Azer, Dave Richard here. We got a lot of names to get to. Where's Jamie? Jamie had some HQ video responsibilities to get to, so he's going to step aside. Uh, make sure you're watching Fantasy Football today on HQ, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. on Sunday to get your lineup set, 10 a.m. Eastern, and you can catch it on demand if you don't see it live. Okay, we are in the middle of running back, and I think we've talked enough about those two running backs. There really aren't that many more, Dave, but how about the Steelers? Let's uh, Give me your thoughts on the Steelers now. Uh, if you see Jalen Samuels, we already said Jalen Samuels, if you see him on the waiver wire, he's number one, right? He's ahead of Scarborough and he's ahead of, mm, I don't feel that you way. don't feel that way. No, I, I would definitely take Scarborough ahead of Samuels because we don't know how long Samuels is going to be the guy for. And I think he'll be okay, especially in PPR. What if it's just this week though? Yeah, I, I think, I think I still like Scarborough just a little bit better. Okay. I mean, in non PPR, I think that's probably an easy oh, call. Oh, for sure. In non PPR. Yeah. All right, well, Samuels is, is still someone that should be a priority. He's 79% owned. He's probably owned. What about Trey Edmonds and or Benny Snell? They are maybe even after the waiver wire run happens on Wednesday, you go back for them. We don't know about Snell. We don't know how close he is to playing. We don't know how big of a role Trey Edmonds would have. Maybe he gets 10 carries, but it's still – I know it's a great matchup against Cincinnati – I'm I'm a little concerned about what this Steelers offense is going to look like. I think they could be a little vulnerable, uh-huh. even against the Bengals. Yeah, they could. Otherwise, we'd be recommending Mason Rudolph, but we're not expecting to have exactly. Juju or Deontay Johnson, which is why I think Trey, which is why I think Jalen Samuel is going to catch a lot of passes this week. You know, mm. I mean, there's no yeah, he always that's good. <laughs> he that's, does. It, it's not a bad thought. You're right. Maybe he should go ahead of Scarborough in full PPR, just on that alone. In his last three games, he's had 13, 3, and 5 catches in that touchdown against the Browns. 
other running backs, we've got Daryl Williams, if you're looking to take a longer-term approach. Of course, there's Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines, although Hines is probably going to stay in his role as a pass catcher. Uh, Raheem Mostert had eight touches against Arizona. Gets Green Bay this week. Wayne Gallman. These guys are really more like backups. You know, Gallman, obviously Barkley's hurt, but he's going to play. Rex Burkhead, you know, with the way Michelle's been running, there's always a chance. Then there's Gus Edwards. There's Kadri Olison, who had four carries and a rushing touchdown against Carolina, and now he gets the Bucks. Patrick Laird maybe getting more work, hopefully for the Dolphins. He had six catches in the last game, but only one carry. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch him yet, but I'm sure the Dolphins have to be disappointed in what Balazs has been doing. They can't keep going with him. Historically bad right now. He's on pace to be historically bad. Uh, that's no joke. Caleb. If he gets to 100 carries at this yards per carry, he'll have the worst season ever, I'm pretty sure. I saw something Jamie retweeted. Uh, Jay Ajayi, is he more of an add or a drop right now at 19%? If Jordan Howard continues to miss time, he could be closer to the ad than the drop list. Miles Sanders really disappointed us. Boston Scott's not really a factor. He'll have a week's worth of practice with the team that he's been on before. There is potential for Ajayi to be helpful. The matchup in Seattle at home, I don't think it's that bad. And then they're at Miami. You want to talk about revenge games. Holy moly. <laughs> Jay Ajayi, if, if Howard is out for that one as well, he could... He could score then. Okay. I don't know if it's worth making him a priority, though. I want to throw out two more names. Bilal Powell has two straight games with seven carries. Le'Veon Bell has been banged up all year. This is someone to get ahead of the game with with Bilal Powell. Um, And J.D. McKissick, in a PPR league, he has three catches or more in three straight games. He has 40 receiving yards in two of those three games and a receiving touchdown. It's a very, you know, half-hearted endorsement here. But deep leagues, maybe J.D. McKissick. Although he is 59% owned, so maybe don't drop him. I don't know. All right, Dave, let's go to the wide receivers here. So the guys who are owned in a lot of leagues, Crowder, Parker, Will Fuller, Debo Samuel, he's coming on strong, Zach Paschal, they're 70 to 80% leagues uh, owned. Excuse me. Crowder, Parker, Fuller, Debo, and Paschal. Thoughts? I think Paschal is one you can get rid of. Believe it or not. I know the matchup's great. Maybe for one more week you hold on to him, but T.Y. Hilton's going to be back eventually, and that's going to hurt his chances of being effective or trustworthy. I think a lot of people trusted him to get you, goodness, at least 60 or 70 yards last week, and he had the opportunities. He just couldn't hang on to the football. He was in tight coverage against Jacksonville. I'm I'm wondering if the steam is running out on Zach Paschal. Who do you like? It's Crowder, Parker, Fuller, Debo, Samuel. If they're all available, who would you prioritize? I think I'm going to take Parker at the top of the list. I just like the volume that he's been having. The Dolphins game script is pretty obvious at this point. Crowder would be right behind him. I feel like Crowder is a little more touchdown fueled than uh, he has been. He's scored in three straight games. There's no denying it. And what's going to happen when he doesn't score well, it could still be 12 or 13 PPR yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, he's got 76 or more yards in five of seven games with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Uh, Parker, though, right. Parker's so just been just really, like really said, good, too. If the, touch, if the touchdowns aren't there, you're still looking at double-digit PPR yeah, points. right. That's good. It's a good floor. Yeah, for that is Parker, good. Parker and Crowder, Parker and Crowder are most owns. And, yeah, and Debo. Yeah, so I don't know about Debo just because, you know, if Kittle and Sanders are both back, at some point, which they will be, you'd think. What does that do to him? So 
I, I don't know. I'm wondering if you have to take it week by week against Debo, and, and if that's the case, are you sure. starting him against the Packers? Yeah, it's probably what you're going to have to do. You're just going to have to wait and see where the uh, where the 49ers are at with their injured guys. Looks pretty good, though. Are you going to start him against the Packers, though? As of now, I am, because I'm not expecting much from Emmanuel Sanders or George Kittle. All right. And he's been playing well. You know, still makes at least one mistake a game. But otherwise, he's he's fitting into that offense swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Two big games in a row, 100 yards and eight catches for Debo Samuel. All right, let's go to the priority list. Jameis James Washington, number one, and Nelson Aguilar, number two. How would What do you think? Who would be your top two priorities? My top two priorities as of right now in this moment are Randall Cobb and James Washington. But Cobb's got the Patriots. I know, but... The Cowboys offense continues to roll. Dak's been playing great. And uh and and I love the the volume that Cobb's been getting. Seven plus targets each of the last three games. He's also been he's been a combination of he's been probably more like big play fueled, more so than touchdown fueled, because he's scored in two straight. But at least nine PPR in each of those last three games. I don't think the Patriots are gonna totally stifle the Cowboys. And in fact, I think the Patriots might try and take away the the big play when it's passing downs, and that means checkdowns for Cobb. Can you name the two wide receivers that have had more than seven fantasy points in non-PPR against the Patriots? Golden Tate is one of them. Yes, there's no way you're getting the other one. <laughs> it's not unless I cheat. Steven Sims had a 65-yard rushing touchdown. I knew it was a Washington receiver. <laughs> okay. I don't know, man. That's so like, risky. I was going to say Kelvin Harmon, but like that wouldn't have made any sense. Not that Steven Sims makes any sense. James Washington, 13% own. How high of a priority should he be? The Bengals have allowed 80 yards or a touchdown to seven wide receivers in their last four games. The only thing that slows me down on Washington is that I don't think he's a good player. I think he's okay. It's a, it's, it's the, this is why Jamie loves him. And I just talked about it with him before we came back from the break, but Washington has a huge opportunity and a very favorable matchup. But we also know that he's got a quasi liability at quarterback. He himself has dropped and can make some bad plays. I'm, I'm going to trust in him as a flex for sure this week. And if you don't want to buy into a wide receiver against the Patriots for obvious reasons, then Washington should probably be your top guy. Okay, so other guys, Josh Gordon, A.J. Brown, Randall Cobb. He's fifth for Jamie and first for Dave. And we didn't talk about Aguilar either. Oh, yeah, Aguilar, right. I'm sorry. And that's another one where it seems like he's getting another huge opportunity. He had nine targets against the Patriots, came through with eight PPR points. It is certainly an easier matchup this week against Seattle. He's yes. he's okay, you know. I I I I don't. I feel more confident in Washington than I do Aguilar. In Washington, more confident in Washington than Aguilar. Okay, it's totally dependent on uh, on Jeffrey. And like I said, he's had three games with Jeffrey either out or getting hurt early, and he's had nine or more targets in all three of those games. In the first two, he had 107 yards and a touchdown at the Falcons. He had 50 catches or 50 yards and two touchdowns against the Lions. And he struggled against the Patriots, but, you know, most, it's most the Patriots. do. So when you look at the Seahawks, what do you see? I see a team that's allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in three straight games and three mm-hmm. touchdowns to wide receivers in the last two games, including Brashad Perryman and Kendrick Bourne. 
Uh, and if it's an extended absence for Alshon Jeffrey, you're looking at Algalore getting the Dolphins and the Giants and the Redskins the three weeks after that. So it could be good, and it's also going to help Dallas Goddard. Keep that in mind. I don't know why Josh Gordon is third because I don't feel like he should be added unless Lockett's out, and we don't expect Lockett to be out. That would be the only reason. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, and it's the matchup against Philly, so maybe they. So Jamie thinks that Philadelphia yeah. is uh, is a very favorable matchup for Gordon, but I think he's super risky. A.J. Brown's on this list facing the Jaguars. They allow the ninth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Randall Cobb, who Dave likes. Dave, I, I don't know. Cobb over... over Aguilar and Washington with this matchup against the Patriots? He's been getting as many targets as they have. But look what Aguilar just did with those targets against the Patriots. It's a Did he play on a team with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup? But it's the Patriots. Aguilar was basically the number one receiver for his team. And Cobb is basically the number three. And he's been playing well. Uh, he's Yeah. He's, his last three opponents have been terrible against the pass. Now he's got the Patriots. And then the Bills and the Bears and the Rams. I'm kind of feeling it with Cobb. Okay. Sorry. All right. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, Hunter Renfro or AJ Brown? Who would you go for? I've got Brown ahead of Renfro, but it's that that one's more of a rest of season speculation. Okay, because I think this Move. week you can make a good case for Renfro. The Jets before look they did well against the Redskins, but before that they had given up ten touchdowns to wide receivers in their last three games going into the Redskins game. Renfro's twenty one percent owned. Yeah, He's, I think know. I think Tyrell has a better chance of putting up huge numbers than Renfro. If you're looking for eight PPR points, eight, nine, ten, somewhere like that, Renfro's your guy. There are just oh. too many other receivers that have a better profile than Renfro this week. And there's a name I'm stunned you haven't brought his name up yet. All right, hold on real quick. I think you. I think you might be selling Renfro a little short because he's had 11 or more PPR points just on receiving totals alone. He's had 11 or 12 PPR points three straight weeks without the touchdown. Sorry, just on yards and catches. Is that true? Yeah, he's had five for 66. He's had four for 88 and one. He's had six for 54 and one. Oh, no, I'm missing one. Sorry, he had a four for 42. No, you're right, though. There was one game in there where he had eight. His last four games in PPR, 11, 8, 17, 18. And the 17 and 18 ones, like you said, Touchdowns were involved. And the eight was against the Chargers. They're great against receivers, the Jets, anything but. So that's, you know, good case for Renfro this week. What's okay. the name I I'm haven't brought up? Give me credit for that one, Adam. That's a good one. Oh, thank you. My bad. <laughs> What's the name I haven't brought up? Darius Slayton, New York yeah, Giants. Yeah, mm-hmm. Now I, I don't know how comfortable you'll be starting him, but we're, we're getting to the point now where we're talking about stash receivers. And we can go on and on about the Giants' schedule. Packers, at, this is after the Bears game. Packers at Philly, Miami at Washington. Yeah. Good games. Here's Good what games. I've, if you can grab them now. Here's what I noticed about Slayton. Three games in his last six with 16 or more PPR fantasy points. Three games with one to six PPR fantasy points. He's either been great or terrible. And when he's been great, it's been against the Vikings, the Lions, and the Jets. Those are three teams that stink against receivers. The bad games were against the Patriots and the Cowboys. And also the Cardinals, which was a surprise. But basically, he's taken advantage of good matchups. He's been bad in bad matchups. This week is a bad matchup. And we've got Sterling Shepard making his way back. It's unclear if he's going to come back, but he's been practicing. So that's why I don't know how I feel about him. But I don't feel great about him, I'll say that. But Dave, like, look at all these wide receivers that could be stashed. Hardman, Robinson for the Chiefs. Nikhil Harry, Taylor Gabriel, Tim Patrick, 
played for the first time since week one and had eight targets and 77 yards. And I yards. remember liking Patrick last year with the Broncos. He's He could basically emerge as their number two wide receiver and potentially take targets away from Fant. Terrible matchups the next two weeks, unfortunately, for Patrick. Bills and Chargers. Russell Gage caught a touchdown. He had a touchdown, and it popped he, out. Yeah, came back, right. Um, Josh Reynolds. Chris Conley. Josh Reynolds had a touchdown callback. Chris Conley had a big game. Um, Marcus Johnson, not so much. But, you know, it's it's a fairly deep position here. So I think you got to swing for the fences with these guys. So who who would you prioritize? Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Nikhil Harry, Taylor Gabriel, Tim Patrick, Russell Gage, Josh Reynolds, Chris Conley, Darius Slayton. Hardman makes the most sense because we don't know how long Tyreek Hill is going to be out for. We th- in, yeah. in a perfect world, it's just a little hamstring tweak. He rests it during the bye, and he's good to go in week 13. Anyone else? I know you like Slayton. Uh, I like Slayton. Russell Patrick, Gage, I think man. It's too soon to, to stash him. Russell Gage against the Bucks this week. I mean, he's 2% owned. I know. I just don't know how much of a target share he's going to get. I, I can't I, get excited about Russell Gage. I can in a 14-team league or deeper. Yeah, but you can also you can probably find Taylor Gabriel in that type of a format. You might be able to find you know, maybe not Reynolds. Maybe uh, so. Yeah. He's only owned in 12% of leagues. Taylor Gabriel could have a very nice game against the Giants yeah. for sure. All right, let's go to the tight ends here. And you can see if Jack Doyle's available, although he didn't have a target last game, so I don't know what you're feeling there. And Eric Ebron yeah, had Yeah, I wouldn't be excited about Doyle after a targetless game. So would you drop Eric Ebron, who lit up Houston a few weeks ago, for Jacob Hollister or Ryan Griffin? Yes. Do you think Ed Dixon's return, if if he's coming back, would impact Jacob Hollister? I don't think it'll cost Hollister playing time. I think Hollister is the top tight end for Seattle, and I think they use him just as much in the run game and blocking and pass protection as they do in the passing game. Okay, because it does look like Dixon is coming back this week for the Seahawks. Uh, Ryan Griffin, you like better than Hollister, right? I do. I just think that he's a little bit more of a... Um, relied upon option in the Jets offense. I mean, he's and been it's so the Jets well. offense that's having a tougher time running the football. I know that Le'Veon's numbers have been great, and he scored on the ground last week. But their offensive line stinks, and you can see Darnold lean on Griffin a little bit. He has been, so I think he's going to continue to. I like the matchup against Oakland. I think Ryan Griffin's going to be solid. Right, and just on paper, like I said. Who's good or bad against tight ends can be a little tricky. But Ryan Griffin's matchups are a million times better than Jacob Hollister's. That being said, I believe San Francisco was giving up the fewest points to tight ends, and he had eight catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. So that's why it's tricky. That's Hollister. Uh, Other guys, Noah Fant, Vance McDonald, Jonu Smith, although it looks like Delaney's going to be back this week. Dallas Goddard, Ross Dwelly, Kyle Rudolph, who's on a bye. Dawson Knox, uh, Cameron Brait, who had 14 targets last week. Who would be third for you? Well, here's where I might blow your mind. Vance McDonald wouldn't be third for me. He'd be second ahead of Hollister. And it's only for just this week, but he's been getting good targets. We've talked about how the Steelers offense is without Juju and without Deontay Johnson. I think Vance McDonald is set up to have a great game against Cincinnati. So I would pick him over Hollister. Okay. Not over Griffin. 
Yeah, I mean, he gets seven targets three weeks in a row. There have been two tight ends, or two tight ends, but three total times where a tight end had seven to eight targets against the Bengals. All three of them had big games. Of course, they were Mark Andrews twice and Darren Waller, but it's a good stat for Vance McDonald. Of course, he had that same thing going for him against Cleveland, and he stunk. But yeah, I, I definitely see your point there. So Griffin, McDonald, and Hollister, Noah Fant. Buffalo allows the fewest fantasy points to tight ends, so that's kind of a shame. Yeah, listen, Fant gets a lot of targets, and I know that that's nice, but the numbers aren't always very good. Four for 60 in a PPR league, you can take that tight end. I think that's probably close to his ceiling. Let's talk and against about, Buffalo, I don't know if he can even get that much. Let's talk about the opportunity for Goddard. PPR fantasy points last five games, 9, 14, 11, 7, and 12. Seattle gives up the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends. They've been a little better lately. But, again, we don't expect Alshon Jeffrey to play. So, you know, is Goddard a priority this week? Is he a starter? Yes. Yes. I would put him behind Hollister, but he's certainly a top 12 tight end this week. Green Bay's been terrible against tight ends. If Kittle's out, would you yes. ro- roll with Ross Dwelly? I would. I like I like watching Dwelly play. He'd see, he plays with good energy. He moves fairly well. Doesn't run a ton of downfield routes, but I, I I think that he's a good backup for San Francisco and the targets you can't argue with. All right, and Cameron Brait, fourteen targets facing the Falcons. They have yeah, not I, been very. I think that he's he's ends. emerged as the guy after what happened with OJ Howard. I'm sure the Bucks are sour on him. It's another good week for streaming tight ends. Would you go oh, yeah. Dwelly or Brait? I've got Dwelly ahead of Brait. Both of them ahead of Fan. Are you dropping Jason Witten, TJ Hawkinson, Gerald Everett, Darren Vells? The only one that I might hesitate on dropping is Everett because if he can heal up this week, he could have more of an impact for the Rams. And he gets Arizona in two weeks. Baltimore this week could be tough. Um, all right, so some good options there. Go ahead and get them. We, uh, we talked about DST. The... Raiders at the Jets, um, yeah, the Lions I, at Washington. They would be at the bottom of the list for me. I, I changed my order. Oh, who do you got? Lions are at the top. And I, I there have been times this year where I, like last week, I put Oakland as a top five DST. And I thought back to my rule of don't, don't start a DST if the DST isn't that good. And then the Raiders were great. And by the way, their defense is coming around. The Lions defense is not good. But they're taking on Washington. You got to buy into that matchup. So they're they're at the top of the list. The Browns are next. The Browns would be first with a bullet if Miles Garrett were playing. Okay. Lions, Browns, Falcons, Raiders. All right. Are you sitting the Patriots and the 49ers this week? Patriots have the Cowboys and the Niners get Green Bay. I am sitting the 49ers. I'm double checking my rankings to tell you where I have the Patriots this week. I have them seventh. I have, like, there's a perfect example. I've got them one spot ahead of the Lions. It's a great defense and a tough matchup. At least they're at home versus a Lions defense that stinks on the road. All right. So you might want to roster two DSTs this week, especially if you own the 49ers. Uh, don't drop them, but you might want to get a second one. Young Way Koo, Nick Folk, and Mason Crosby are kickers, and that is it. And you can add them. <laughs> they're in Jamie's column. And that is it for the show. Thanks, Dave. Happy to help, Adam. Thank you to Jamie. Thank you all for listening. You know what we do now. 
Na 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 na. Tati Mo.